Lesson number 78, Suratul An'am. Ayah number 1 to 19. Inshallah, we will listen to the recitation of these verses. Your eyes on the text, your finger or your pen following the text, your ears listening attentively, and your heart ever present. الحمد لله الذي خلق السماوات والأرض وجعل الظلمات والنور ثم الذين كفروا بربهم يعدلون هو الذي خلقكم من طين ثم قضى أجلا وأجل مسمى عنده ثم أنتم تمترون وهو الله في السماوات وفي الأرض يعلم سركم وجهركم ويعلم ما تكسبون وَمَا تَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ مِنْ آيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ إِلَّا كَانُوا عَنْهَا مُعْرِضِينَ فَقَدْ كَذَّبُوا بِالْحَقِّ لَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِيهِمْ أَنْبَاءُ مَا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ أَلَمْ يَرَوْا كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ مِنْ قَرْنٍ مَكَّنَّاهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَا لَمْ نُمَكِّنْ لَكُمْ وَأَرْسَلْنَا وَأَرْسَلْنَا السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِدْرَارًا وَجَعَلْنَا الْأَنْهَارَ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهِمْ فَأَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ فَأَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَأَنْشَأْنَا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ قَرْنًا آخَرِينَ وَلَوْ نَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ كِتَابًا فِي قِرْطَاسٍ فَلَمَسُوهُ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ لَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا سِحْرٌ مُبِينٌ وَقَالُوا لَوْلَا عَلَيْهِ مَلَكٌ وَلَوْ أَنزَلْنَا مَلَكًا لَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ ثُمَّ لَا يُنظَرُونَ وَلَوْ جَعَلْنَاهُ مَلَكًا لَجَعَلْنَاهُ رَجُلًا وَلَلَبَسْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ مَا يَلْبِسُونَ وَلَقَدْ اسْتُهْزِئَ بِرُسُلٍ قَبْلَكَ فَحَاقَ بِالَّذِينَ سَخِرُوا فَحَاقَ بِالَّذِينَ سَخِرُوا مِنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ قُلْ سِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ ثُمَّ انْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ 
So what do you think the purpose was of listening to the recitation before we do the tafsir? Hmm? Was there any benefit or just a waste of a few minutes? We could have listened to it later. Why did we waste class time on this? Or rather, why did we spend class time on this? What benefit was it? Okay, you got a preview of what you will get to learn ahead, inshallah. Did you get a preview in a foreign language? Or is it no more foreign to you? No more foreign. No more as much foreign anymore. Alhamdulillah. That was the point. That you listen to it, and as you follow along, you realize that it's not all that difficult. Alhamdulillah. So, we have to raise the bar now. Okay? Inshallah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Suratul An'am. An'am is the plural of na'am. And na'am means camel. But when the plural, an'am, is used, then it doesn't just refer to camels, but rather it includes other animals of livestock as well, and specifically sheep, cow, and goat. 
And in this surah, the false beliefs of the mushrikeen concerning the an'am, their being halal or their being haram, they are refuted. And this is the reason why the surah is called an'am. Now when I mentioned the false beliefs of mushrikeen are refuted, what does that show to us? That the surah is a makki surah or a madni surah? It is a makki surah. Meaning it is a surah that was revealed before the hijrah. Alright? And it was revealed one year before the hijrah. So you can say that it is a surah that was revealed towards the end of the makki period. Closer to the time of the hijrah of the Prophet ﷺ. Anas radiallahu anhu, he said that at the time Suratul An'am was revealed, a group of angels came with it. Generally, Angel Jibreel brought the revelation to the Prophet ﷺ alone, himself. But sometimes other angels also accompanied him. Why? Because those verses or those chapters were of more significance. Every part of the Qur'an is significant, definitely. Every part of the Qur'an is from our Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, and we love every ayah of the Qur'an. Every ayah of the Qur'an is worth a lot of importance. However, some parts have been given more importance by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that means that we should pay Special attention to it. And the amazing thing is that every surah, every ayah has its own significance. We just read Surah Al-Ma'idah thinking that it's the most important surah because it was one of the last surahs to be revealed. It's muhkam, it's not abrogated. And here we are learning about Surah Al-An'am that a group of angels came down with it to show how important the surah is. And he said that the horizon from the east to the west the entire horizon was full of these angels. Just like in Laylatul Qadr. So many angels come, as much as the pebbles on the earth. So many angels come. And at this time, when Surah Al-An'am was revealed, as many as the horizon from the east to the west being filled with these angels. And their tasbih, meaning they were glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time, saying, Subhanallah al-Azim, Subhanallah al-Azim. Ibn Abbas عنه, also confirmed the same thing, saying the entire Surah Al-An'am was revealed in Mecca at night, accompanied by 70,000 angels raising their voices in glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does it show to us? That this entire Surah was revealed in one night, in one stretch. So if we have to study 19 verses in a lesson, don't think that that lesson is too long. We won't be able to complete it today. But the fact that one lesson is based on 19 verses, don't think it's too long. Because the Prophet ﷺ received the entire surah in one night, one stretch. Except for just a few verses from the surah. And remember that from Surah Al-An'am begins the second group of surahs of the Qur'an. So congratulations, you have completed the first group of surahs of the Qur'an. What does it mean by this group of surahs? You see the way surahs are arranged. They're arranged in groups. How? That the first one is Makki, and the next few are Madani surahs. Like for example, Surah Al-Fatiha, Makki surah, and after Surah Al-Fatiha, Al-Baqarah, Al-Imran, Al-Nisa, Al-Ma'idah, all these surahs are Madani. 
And now the second group of surahs begins, which means that Surah Al-An'am is Makki, and the next few are Madani. So Alhamdulillah, you have accomplished, you have studied one group of surahs. It's a big milestone, Alhamdulillah. And because this surah is Makki, you will see that its style is very different from what you have studied thus far. This surah will be very different from Al-Baqarah, from Ali Imran, from An-Nisa, from Al-Ma'idah. How? That the surah will not have verses that say, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, O you who believe, do this and this. We are not going to be studying about laws in the surah. Rather, we will be learning about Iman, about belief, about Aqidah. Because in Makkah, before the Hijrah, the emphasis was on what? On Iman. Iman in Allah. Iman in the hereafter. Iman in the Prophet ﷺ. So you will see that these matters will be mentioned over and over again. And at the same time, the false beliefs that people have concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, concerning the creation, concerning the day of judgment, they are refuted. You might come across some verses which you might feel that, what is it of relevance to me? That I already believe in Allah. I already believe in the Prophet ﷺ. Why is this mentioned? Because there are people who have these questions. So such questions, such doubts that people have, they are removed by the verses that are mentioned over here. Okay, so let's begin. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdu, all praise, Lillahi for Allah. Alladhi, the one who khalaqa samawati, created the heavens, wal arda, and the earth. Waja'ala, and he made, al-dhulumati, the darknesses, wal nur, and the light. Summa, then, alladhina kafaru, those who have disbelieved, بِرَبِّهِمْ with their Lord, يَعْدِلُونَ They equate others. They deviate. The surah begins with, Alhamdulillah. Just as Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha also begins with, Alhamdulillah. All praise to Allah. Allah alone deserves all praise. And what is hamd? To mention, Someone's amazing, beautiful characteristics. Why? In order to praise them. And these characteristics, these traits, they are mentioned out of love, out of adoration, out of respect. So Alhamdulillah, and Hamd also embodies the meaning of thankfulness, of gratitude, because you mentioned someone's good traits out of gratitude. So all praise to Allah. Who is He? The one who created As-Samawati wal-Ard. In Surah Al-Fatiha we learned, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And over here we learn who Rabbul Alameen is. His characteristics are mentioned over here. His actions are mentioned over here. Because who is Rabbul Alameen? Rabb is Khaliq, Malik, Mudabbir. The creator, the owner, and the planner, the sustainer. And over here, we learn that he is the khaliq. So this is a description of Rabbul Alameen. So all praise to Allah, the one who has created the heavens and the earth. He has created the sky and the earth. But aren't there so many other things that he has created? Yes, there are. Why does Allah mention the sky and the earth? Because these two 
are the most biggest and the most obvious creations that we see all the time that are hidden from nobody at all there could be a person who doesn't see who doesn't know many of the things that Allah has created for example we cannot see the angels but can we avoid the sky never can we avoid the earth never at all so he is the one who has created the heavens and the earth وَجَعَلَ الظُّلُمَاتِ وَالنُّورِ And He has also made the darkness and the light. Darkness, whether it is the tangible darkness, and nur, whether it is the tangible light, or it is the intangible darkness of ignorance, of misguidance, of doubts, of shirk, and nur, the intangible light of guidance, of knowledge, of awareness. Why has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made these two opposites? You know, we always wonder, why is there evil on the earth? Why has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed evil to happen? Allowed evil to exist? If shirk is something that Allah dislikes so much, why does He allow people to practice it? Why don't such people always die? That if someone commits shirk, he just dies immediately. Why? Why does Allah let it survive as a test? For who? For the people of the earth. Because if everything was all good, everything was easy, everything was true, then what would be the test? And why would people deserve Jannah? Why would people deserve high ranks in paradise? And if they didn't have to go through this test, what was the purpose of their creation? Why would they be created? You know, because there are angels who only worship Allah. They are not tested. There are other creatures. They are not tested. Why is the human being put here? So that he can distinguish the zulmah from the nur. And he can choose nur. And he can achieve such high levels, making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy, earning the approval, the pleasure of Allah. So he is the one who has made the darkness and the light. Yet the disbelievers, what do they do? With their Lord, they يَعْدِلُونَ يَعْدِلُونَ is from عَيْنْ دَالَّمْ It's from the word عَدْل And what does عَدْل mean? Justice, equality So what do they do? They make others equal with their Lord They make others equal to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Saying that they also have a share in the creation They also have the power to cure us. They have the strength to execute their will. No. Only Allah. Only Allah has these attributes. Only He is Al-Ahad. Al-Ladhi lam yalid wa lam yulad. Right? Wa lam yakullahu kufwan ahad. There is nothing, no one at all who is like Him. But yet those who disbelieve, what do they do? They set others as equal to Allah. Meaning they equate others with Him, they worship others besides Him. They put others at the same level as that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes they love others as they should love Allah. Sometimes they fear others as they should fear Allah. Sometimes they hope and expect from others as they should hope and expect only from Allah. Sometimes they rely on others as they should rely only on Allah. They equate others with Allah. Sometimes they honor and respect someone so much as they should respect Allah alone. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ يَعْدِلُونَ I want you to notice the style of this ayah. 
All praise to Allah who has created the heavens and the earth. Who has made darkness and light. Yet those who disbelieve, what are they doing? Amazing is what they're doing. They're setting up equals with Allah. Meaning what they're doing is very, very strange. Because what is it that people were commanded? What did we learn in Surah Al-Baqarah? Ya ayyuhal nas, u'budu hu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakum. الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءً وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا So do not set up rivals with Allah. When He alone created the earth beneath you, created the sky above you, sent down your provision from the sky that grows out from the earth, He alone has done all this. So you worship who? Him alone. Don't set partners with Allah. And the sky and the earth are mentioned. Or even in Surah Al-Baqarah. Why? Because these are two things which are hidden from no one as I mentioned to you earlier. No one at all. These two are one of the greatest signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence, His uniqueness, in His power, in His ability, in His Lordship. It shows that He is unique. Likewise, darkness and light, obvious. You see the darkness coming. You see the light leaving. You see the darkness leaving and the light coming. Every morning, every night, every sunrise, every sunset. You see this. You know the difference between the darkness and the light. And you know that no human being can do this out of himself. No being that is limited in its ability can ever do this. So when Allah alone is doing all this, then why on earth are you turning to others besides Him? When do you turn to others? For example, if your mother is able to help you, is able to comfort you, is able to understand you, support you, yet when is it that you will not share something with her? Rather you will share it with your friend. Why? When will you do that? When you know that your mother cannot really understand you. There's something that she has missing. She's very nice, but she's not a perfect friend. She's my mother, but she's not a perfect friend. This is why I have to talk to somebody else instead of my mother. Why? Because she's not perfect and complete in her qualities. This is when you have to turn to others. Correct? When you don't have money in your pocket, then why do you have to turn to a bank for a loan? Why? Because what you have is not... Enough, your pocket cannot suffice your needs. So you have to turn for others. So when do you turn to others? When what you have is deficient. The question here is, what is the deficiency you find in Allah that you have to set up partners with Him? What is the deficiency, the imperfection that you find in Allah that you have to turn to others? There's no imperfection. There's no deficiency. What is it that you want that Allah cannot give you that you don't ask Him and instead you're asking others? What is it that you think Allah cannot do that you don't have fear of Him but you have fear of others? What is it that you think Allah is unaware of that you are not mindful of Him but you're mindful of others? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, azza wa jalla, He is perfect in every attribute. But yet, when people turn to others, it only shows what? Their foolishness. Their foolishness. When someone sets a partner with Allah, in whatever way, it shows the foolishness of that person. And it shows how he is not giving to Allah his due respect. His due rights. We are falling short in giving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his rights when we turn to other than Allah. This is why Allah says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ And there are some among people who take besides Allah partners. يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ They love them as they should love Allah. But وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا But those who believe, what kind of love do they have for Allah? They're أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ They're intense in their love for Allah. So it's amazing. When they love others more than Allah, ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ يَعْدِلُونَ يَعْدِلُونَ It is said that it's also from عُدُول عَيْن دَالَّمْ But the word is عُدُول And عُدُول is to deflect It is to swerve, to deviate basically To turn away So what's wrong with them? They see the sky, the earth They're benefiting from everything that Allah has provided for them Yet, here are these people Turning away from Allah To others You have a need, instead of lifting up your hands, asking Allah, here you are, asking people. Amazing. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ يَعْدِلُونَ Allah can fulfill every need of yours. He can cure you. He can give you the happiness that you want. He can give you the satisfaction that you need. He can give you what nobody can give you. Yet, you're turning away from Him to others. Why do you hope from them? Hope from Him. Why do you complain to people? Complain to Him. Why do you demand from people? Ask Him. Ask Allah. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ يَعْدِلُونَ هُوَ الَّذِي He is the one who خَلَقَكُمْ He created you مِنْ طِينٍ From clay. ثُمَّ قَضَى Then He decreed أَجَلًا A term. وَأَجَلٌ And a term Musamman, one fixed. Indahu, with him. Thumma antum, then you are. Tamtarun, you entertain doubts. He is the one who created you, mintin. Because who is Rabb? Khaliq. And Khaliq of who? Of kulla shay, of everything. So he has created the sky and the earth. He made darkness and light. And he is the very being who created you. Come, you all, not just you, but your mom and your dad and your grandparents and your children and the people who came thousands of years ago and the people who will come later. Everyone who made them, Allah. From what? Min From clay. Meaning the origin of human beings is from what? Clay. Yes, everybody is made in the wombs of their mothers. But Adam a.s. which womb was he made in? He was made from clay. And since we are all his descendants, this means that our origin is also from what? Clay. Teen. Teen? Toyanun. Clay. It's basically a mixture of water and mud. So it's basically wet mud. This is our origin. This is what Allah created us from. And if you look at clay itself, can it talk? Can it hear? 
Can it move by itself? No. Does it have feelings? No. Nothing like that. But it's amazing. Allah created the human being from clay. And the human being has all these abilities and strengths and qualities and faculties that clay doesn't have at all. And also, you might think that, yeah, but there's such a long time between us and Adam salam. So why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, kum all of you? Because our sustenance comes from where? From mud, from this earth. What do you eat? What the earth grows. Right? Our nutrition, our sustenance come from the earth. And you know that what you eat becomes a part of you. And eventually, when we die, where are we going? Back into this earth. So he is the one who created you from clay. In Surah Taha, Ayah 55, we learn, مِنْهَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ From it, meaning from the earth, we created you. And in it, we shall return you. Meaning you come out from this earth, you were created from clay, your nutrition came from it, your body grew based on what food? The food that came from this earth. And then when you're done, you will go back to this earth. Min tinin. And when he created you, thumma qada ajalan. He specified, he decreed, he decided, and ajal. Ajal, hamza jim lam. It is basically a fixed point in time. Or a fixed term, the length of which is fixed. And ajal, he decided, for who? For every person. Meaning, we were not created and allowed to live on this earth for an endless amount of time, forever. No. We were created from this earth, made to live on this earth, until when? Until a certain time. Meaning, when we came, our expiry date was fixed as well. Everything in this dunya, everything in this dunya, it has a specific amount of time for which it can live. Right? For which it can exist. After that time is up, it can no longer exist. What will happen? Either it will stop working properly. For example, you get a computer machine. Okay? It works really well, really fast, perfectly fine. But then that same machine, after three years, it is so slow, and you wonder, why is it dead? Why isn't it working? Because it is something that is from this world. Right? It is something that is from this world. Everything in this dunya has a time of expiry. The expiration date is fixed. And that includes you and I. That includes all of us. When we were born, our time of death was fixed. So what does that mean? That no death is sudden. No death is accidental. No death was untimely. No. Every death is decided from before. If a person dies at a particular time, that was the amount of time they had to live. That's the longest they could live. And you couldn't have done anything to make them live longer. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow them to live longer. That doesn't mean that the one who killed him is not guilty. No, that is his own crime. That is his own doing. But if somebody dies at a certain time, then 
That was the time that was fixed for them. وَأَجَلُ مُسَمَّ عِنْدَهُ And this specified time, musamma, we have done this word earlier. It's from Wausin Meme, from the same root as the word ism. And ism is name, name is fixed. So musamma is one that is fixed, one that is specified. So the ajalu musamma, the specified term is عِنْدَهُ It is with him. With who? Allah. Meaning, only He knows about the time of expiry of every servant of His. Only He knows when a servant of His is going to die. وَأَجَلُ مُسَمَّى عِنْدَهُ You could guess. You could estimate. You could assume. You could fear. But that is only a supposition. You never know. You don't know. Nobody can tell you. Nobody can guarantee the time of your death. Only Allah knows. Which is why it's amazing sometimes. That sometimes a child is born with certain deformity or something and the doctors say he's not going to survive more than a month. Not going to survive more than a couple of minutes or days or something. And here is that child, 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, sometimes even more. There is a lady, she was basically visiting Canada. And in the month of Ramadan, she used to come every night for Taraweeh. She was intending to stay here for Irtikaf. And one day all of a sudden, she's getting up and she just stops right there. She couldn't move. Rushed her to the hospital. And the doctors are like, she's not going to survive. Call your family members, whoever, because she's not going to survive. They were almost 100% sure that she was going to die. She was unconscious for an entire day. And the next day she's walking. The doctors are shocked. We don't know how this happened and we don't know how she's fine. We don't know how this happened and we don't know how she's fine. وَأَجُلُ مُسَمَّ عِنْدَهُ Only he knows when someone is actually really going to die. Only he knows. Then here you are doubting. Doubting what? His power? His knowledge? His decisions? His existence? Here you are doubting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He alone created you, when He alone specified the time of your existence and He is the only one who knows about it. And here you are, tamtaroon, entertaining doubts about Allah. Tamtaroon is from mimraya. And imtira is to entertain doubts. Mirya is doubt. You doubt what? Allah's ability to resurrect you? Allah's ability to know everything? Because there are many people who doubt resurrection, saying, how is it possible that once we have died, and once we have turned into dust, once we have become a part of this earth, then how can we come out of this earth alive again? How is it possible? doesn't make any sense. Reflect. Reflect on this ayah. He created you from clay once, and then specified your time. Only He knows when you're going to die. He's going to send you back into this earth. You think He cannot bring you out again? Think about it. Isn't it logical? Can He not bring you out again? Yes, of course He can. If He brought you from the earth once, He can bring you out from the earth again. So never have any doubt about the akhirah. Never have any doubt about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power to resurrect. His power to recreate people and to question them for what they have done. وَهُوَ And He is Allahu Allah فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ In the skies 
وَفِي الْأَرْضِ and in the earth. يَعْلَمُ He knows سِرَّكُمْ Your secret وَجَهْرَكُمْ And your What does jahr mean? Your apparent Right? What you reveal. وَيَعْلَمُ And he knows مَا That which تَكْسِبُون You earn. You doubt the power of the one who is Allah وَهُوَ اللَّهُ And he is Allah فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَفِي الْأَرْضِ in the heavens and in the earth. What does it mean? That Allah is present in the heavens and the earth all the time, everywhere? Is that what this means? Because many people misunderstand this verse. And they say, look, Allah is omnipresent. Omnipresent means someone who is present everywhere, all the time. And this is something that we do not believe about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an incorrect belief about Allah. Because He is not present everywhere, all the time. Because if someone were to say that, that Allah is present everywhere all the time, that means, na'udhu billah, in the house, on the table, under the table, on the tree, under the tree. There are places on this earth which are clean. There are places on this earth which are not clean. There are places on the earth which befit someone of honor to be there. And there are other places which don't befit someone of honor to be there. Isn't that so? But if you say Allah is everywhere, that is not correct. Because what do we learn? That where is Allah? On His arsh. When the fact that we learn, anzala, He sent down, whether it is water or it is revelation, what does that mean? That He is above. There was a girl who was mute. She wasn't able to speak. And the Prophet ﷺ asked her, Ain Allah, where is Allah? And she pointed up towards the sky. So He said, yes, she is a believer. She is a believer. Why? She said, Allah is where? Above. So this shows that Allah is above. Arsh, on His arsh. Yes, He can go wherever He wants to, whatever befits His majesty. We don't think too much about that. But we don't say that He is everywhere. How do we understand this then? That وَهُوَ اللَّهُ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَفِي الْأَرْضِ This means that he is Allah, meaning the true ilah, the true God. The one who truly deserves worship. Where? Fisamawat wafil ard. In the heavens and all over the earth. He is the only one who deserves worship. He is the only true God, worthy of worship. Whether you're in Canada or you're in Saudi. Whether you are on a mountain or you are at the beach, whether you are at the mall, or you are in a masjid, whether you are at home or at school, who deserves your worship? Who is the true God? Whom you should love, whom you should fear, whom you should turn towards, whom you should be conscious of? Who? Allah. Because we remember Him in certain places, we acknowledge Him, recognize Him to be our God in certain places, but in other places, we completely forget Him and ignore Him and pretend He does not even exist, which is why we say things, we do things that we would never do if we would see Allah before ourselves. So Allah reminds us that no matter where you are, you are never hidden from Allah. No matter where you are, you are always, always, your status is what? The servant of Allah. Your status always is Allah's servant. Because وَهُوَ اللَّهُ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَفِي الْأَرْضِ He is the true God in the heavens, deserving worship, وَفِي الْأَرْضِ And in the earth, deserving worship. And with His attributes, He has encompassed everything. 
With his knowledge, he has encompassed the heavens and the earth. With his qudra, ability, he has encompassed the heavens and the earth. His hearing, his seeing, encompasses everything. This is why in Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 84, we learn, وَهُوَ الَّذِي فِي السَّمَاءِ إِلَاهٌ وَفِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَاهٌ He is the one who is the only deity, only God in the heaven, and the only God on the earth. Meaning, the only one who deserves worship in the heavens is Allah, the only one who deserves worship in the earth is Allah. And He is the wise, the knowing. So what does this ayah show to us? That Allah hasn't just created us and left us, but rather He is our God, deserving our worship every moment of our lives, no matter where we are. So this means that He is watching our deeds, which is why it is said, يَعْلَمُ سِرَّكُمْ وَجَهْرَكُمْ He knows your secret and also your jahr. Jahr is what you reveal. Whether it is something you do before people, or you say out loud, you do publicly. And sir is the opposite of that, your secret. So whether it is something you conceal in your heart, or you say. The intention, a thought, you hide in your heart, or you let it out, you let it be known. Something you want to keep to yourself, or something you put on your Facebook, on your Twitter, no matter what it is, remember Allah is watching you. He is still your God. Because unfortunately what happens is that sometimes when people go online, they think that they can do anything. They think that the rules of hijab are not applicable anymore. The rules of haya are not applicable anymore. The rules of respect are not applicable anymore. So they can say anything, they can write anything, they can show anything, they can do anything. No. Just because you're online doesn't mean your God doesn't know you. Doesn't mean your God doesn't watch you. Doesn't mean that His rules don't apply there. No, they apply there too. Because He knows your sir and your jahr. وَيَعْلَمُ And He knows مَا تَكْسِبُونَ What you earn. Taksibun is from kasb, earning. So whatever you are earning, not just the money that you're making, the points that you're earning, whatever it is, the riba that you're acquiring, whatever it is, the actions that you're doing, whatever it is that you're earning, the courses, the credits, anything that you achieve, whether it is that you go shopping and you buy something, anything that you earn, you gain, tangible or intangible, material or immaterial, whether it is halal or haram, good or bad, whatever that you are acquiring, Allah knows. So the question is, is it worth showing to Allah what we are acquiring? Because we want Allah to be happy with us. So what am I earning? What kind of money am I making? Is it halal money or is it haram money? What kind of actions am I doing? Are they good or bad? What kind of points, what kind of followers am I acquiring? Good or bad? Because my earning, whatever it is, Allah knows about it. And at the end of the day, I'm answerable to Him. And to Him alone.